Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Shout out time, guys. Shout out time. Today's shout out, we have two. The first one is to Liam. Liam. From New York. New York. <laughs> Liam loves listening to Sleepyhead Stories, and he listens every night before bed, and he's requesting you you read another Elephant and Piggy book, because he really likes them. Um, so I have this whole big book of them, but I think we already, like, turtles. We read some, but we can maybe read a few new ones, because we really like those too, right? All right, Liam, thanks for listening. My book of the piggies, um... My favorite one is when they realize they're in a book. Yeah, that's a funny one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Liam, we'll get working on that. And the next shout out is a voicemail we got from two little cuties. So here, listen to this one. The book of no pictures and the book of no pictures and the book of no pictures and the book of stories and Felix's favorite book is Mrs. Tatumouse. Thank you so much, Sonora and Felix from Seattle. We love the voicemail, and we love the book with no pictures and Mrs. Curious, too. Those are some great books. Thanks for reaching out, guys. Funny joke. Okay. I'm going to tell you a special joke. (laughs) Why is it special? Just watch. Okay. What did the baker... Say to his sweetheart, I'm donuts for you. It's funny. A little bit. A little bit. My body, my body knows I'm not supposed to laugh, so my body makes me laugh. You gotta laugh. All right, I'll try. (laughs) Let's try another one. Ready? Okay. These are Valentine's jokes. Because what's on Sunday? Laziness. Laziness. Valentine's Day. What? Okay, here we go. Ready? What do elephants say to one another on Valentine's Day? I like your trunk. Oh, that's a good one. I love you a ton. Get it? Because they're so big. A ton. They weigh a ton. Mm. No, funny. Okay, let me try. Okay, here we go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Arthur. Arthur who? Arthur who? Arthur, any chocolates left for me? (laughs) (laughs) 
You made that face at me. <laughs> You're scary. Oh, all right. One, one more. Oh, boy. Last one. What did the boy octopus say to his valentine? You're an octopus. <laughs> I want to hold your hand, 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 hand. Get it? Because they have eight arms. Hold eight hands. So I don't think you said eight, hand eight times. So. Well, eight times. <laughs> there you go. Happy Valentine's Day, Conchetta. <laughs> Do you know any jokes? Here's some you can read. Okay. Pick one. What is a vampire's sweetheart called? Mm, I don't know. His ghoul friend. Oh, ghoul. Got it? Because they're a ghoul? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just find a good one. Uh, what did the paper clip say to the magnet? What did the paper clip say to the magnet? Oh, I don't know. What? I find you very attractive. <laughs> because they... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more. What is called... What is it called when fish fall in love? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What? Guppy love. Oh. <laughs> we have a guppy in our fish tank. All right, guys. There you go. We want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. I'm not going to watch you too Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are celebrating by actually, we're exchanging some Valentines and some treats, and then we're also picking up Girl Scout cookies and distributing them on Valentine's Day. So we have a big day. All right, guys. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Today we're going to be finishing the book, My Father's Dragon, and again, disclaimer, there's a sleeping, snoring dog not too far from where I'm reading this. (laughs) So in the last episode, uh, Elmer Elevator made his way to the island, and he came across a little mouse who seemed a little confused, and then he came across some tigers who were a little upset with him, so he gave them some chewing gum to distract them so they wouldn't go after him. Then he came across um, some wild boars who were also suspicious of him, but he was able to evade them. And then he even came across a rhinoceros who um, had him thrown up in the air, but then he kind of gave the rhinoceros a toothbrush because he was sad about how his tusk was so dirty and he distracted the rhinoceros with the toothbrushing and some of the animals started to become suspicious that there's an invader on the island. So now we're going to finish the book and we're going to start with chapter seven which is called My Father Meets a Lion. My father waved goodbye to the rhinoceros who was much too busy to notice got a drink farther down the brook, and waded back to the trail. He hadn't gone very far when he heard an angry animal roaring. Ding! Blast it! I told you not to go blackberrying yesterday. Won't you ever learn? What will your mother say? My father crept along and peered into a small clearing just ahead. 
a lion was prancing about, clawing at his mane, which was all snarled and full of blackberry twigs. The more he clawed, the worse it became, and the madder he grew, the more he yelled at himself, because it was himself he was yelling at all the time. My father could see that the trail went through the clearing, so he decided to crawl around the edge in the underbrush and not disturb the lion. He crawled and crawled, and the yelling grew louder and louder. And just as he was about to reach the trail on the other side, the yelling suddenly stopped. My father looked around and saw the lion glaring at him. The lion charged and skidded to a top just to a stop a few inches away from my father. Who are you? the lion yelled at my father. My name is Elmer Elevator. Where do you think you're going? I'm going home, said my father. That's what you think, said the lion. Ordinarily, I'd save you for afternoon tea, but I happen to be upset enough and hungry enough to eat you right now. And he picked up my father in front of his paws to feel how fat he was. My father said, Oh, please, lion, before you eat me, tell me why you are so particularly upset today. Oh, it's my mane, said the lion, as he was figuring out how many bites of a little boy he could make. You see what a dreadful mess it is, and I don't seem to be able to do anything about it. My mother is coming over on the dragon this afternoon, and if she sees me this way, I'm afraid she'll stop my allowance. She can't stand messy manes. But I'm going to eat you now, so it won't make any difference to you. Uh, Wait a minute, said my father, and I'll give you just the things you need to make your mane all tidy and beautiful. I have them here in my pack. You do, said the lion. Well, give them to me, and perhaps I'll save you for afternoon tea after all. And he put my father down on the ground. My father opened the pack and took out the comb and the brush and the seven hair ribbons of different colors. Look, he said, I'll show you what you can do with your forelocks, and you can watch me where to put them. First you brush a while, and then you comb you brush again until all the twigs and snarls are gone. Then you divide it up in three and you braid it like this and you tie a ribbon around the end. As my father was doing this, the lion watched very carefully and began to look much happier. When my father tied on the ribbon, he was all smiles. Oh, that's wonderful. Really wonderful, said the lion. Let me have the comb and brush and see if I can do it. So my father gave him the comb and the brush and the lion began busily grooming his mane. As a matter of fact, he was so busy that he didn't even know when my father left. Chapter 8. My Father Meets a Gorilla My father was very hungry. So he sat down under a baby banyan tree on the side of the trail and ate four tangerines. He wanted to eat eight or ten, but he had only thirteen left, 
and it might be a long time before he could get more. He packed away all the peels and was about to get up when he heard the familiar voices of the boars. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen them with my own eyes. But wait and see for yourself. All the tigers are sitting around chewing gum to beat the band. Old rhinoceros is so busy brushing his tusk that he doesn't even look around to see who's coming and going. And they're all so busy, they won't even talk to me. Horse feathers, said the other boar, now very close to my father. They'll talk to me. I'm going to get to the bottom of this if it's the last thing I do. The voices passed by my father and went around a curve. And he hurried on because he knew how much more upset the boars would be when he saw the lion's mane tied up in hair ribbons. Before long, my father came to a crossroads, and he stopped to read the signs. Straight ahead, an arrow pointed to the beginning of the river, to the left of the ocean rocks, and to the right, to Dragon Ferry. My father was reading all these signs when he heard paw steps and ducked behind a signpost. A beautiful lioness paraded past and turned down toward the clearings. Although she could have seen my father, if she had bothered to glance at the post, she was much too occupied, looking dignified, to see anything but the tip of her own nose. It was the lion's mother, of course, and that, thought my father, must mean that the dragon was on this side of the river. He hurried on, but it was farther away than he had judged. He finally came to the riverbank in the late afternoon and looked all around, but there was no dragon anywhere in sight. He must have gone back to the other side. My father sat down under a palm tree and was trying to have a good idea when something big and black and hairy jumped out of the tree and landed with a loud crash at his feet. Well, said a huge voice, well, what? said my father, for which he was very sorry when he looked up and discovered he was talking to an enormous and very fierce gorilla. Well, explain yourself, said the gorilla. I'll give you till ten to tell me your name, business, your age, and what's in that pack. And he began counting to ten as fast as he could. My father didn't even have time to say Elmer Elevator Explorer before the gorilla interrupted. Too slow. I'll twist your arms the way I twist that dragon's wings and then we'll see if you can't hurry up a bit. He grabbed my father by his arms, one in each fist, and was just about to twist them when he suddenly let go and began scratching his chest with both hands. Ah, blast those fleas, he raged. They won't give you a moment's peace, and the worst of it is that you can't even get a good look at them. Rosie, Rhonda, Rachel, Ruthie, Ruby, Roberta, come here and get rid of this flea on my chest. It's driving me crazy. Six little monkeys tumbled out of the palm tree, dashed to the gorilla, and began combing the hair on his chest. Well, said the gorilla, it's still there. I feel it. We're looking, we're looking, said the six little monkeys. 
but they're awfully hard to see, you know. I know, said the gorilla, but hurry, I've got work to do. And he winked at my father. Oh, gorilla, said my father, in my knapsack I have six magnifying glasses. They'd be just the thing for hunting fleas. My father unpacked them and gave one to Rosie and Rhonda, and one to Rachel, one to Ruthie, one to Ruby, and one to Roberta. Why, they're miraculous, said the six little monkeys. It's so easy to see the fleas now, and there are hundreds of them, not just one. And they went on hunting frantically. A moment later, many more monkeys appeared out of a nearby clump of mangroves and began crowding around to get a look at the fleas through the magnifying glasses. They completely surrounded the gorilla, and he could not see my father, nor did he remember to twist his arms. Chapter 9 My Father Makes a Bridge My father walked back and forth along the bank, trying to think of some way to cross the river. He found a high flagpole with a rope going over to the other side. The the rope went through a loop at the top of the pole and then down the pole and around a large crank. A sign on the crank said, To summon dragon, yank the crank, report disorderly conduct to gorilla. From what the cat had told my father, he knew that the other end of the rope was tied around the dragon's neck, and he felt sorrier than ever for the poor dragon. If he were on this side, the gorilla would twist his wings until it hurt so much that he'd have to fly to the other side. And if he were on the other side, the gorilla would crank the rope until the dragon would either choke to death or fly back to this side. What a life for that poor baby dragon. My father knew that if he called to the dragon to come across the river, the gorilla would surely hear him. So he thought about climbing the pole and going across on the rope. The pole was very high, and even if he could get to the top without being seen, he'd have to go all the way across, hand over hand. The river was very muddy and all sorts of unfriendly things might live in it, but my father could think of no other way to get across. He was about to start up the pole when, despite all the noise the monkeys were making, he heard a loud splash behind him. He looked all around in the water, but it was dusk now and he couldn't see anything there. It's me, Crocodile, said a voice to the left. The water's lovely, and I have such a craving for something sweet. Won't you come in for a swim? A pale moon came out from behind the clouds, and my father could see where the voice was coming from. The crocodile's head was just peeping out of the water. Oh, no, thank you, said my father. I never swim after sundown. But do have something sweet. I do have something sweet to offer you. Perhaps you'd like a lollipop. And perhaps you have friends who would like lollipops too. Lollipops, said the crocodile. Why, that is a treat. How about it, boys? A whole chorus of voices shouted, Hooray, lollipops! 
and my father counted as many as seventeen crocodiles with their heads just peeping out of the water. That's fine, said my father as he got out the two dozen pink lollipops and the rubber bands. I'll stick one here in the bank. Lollipops last longer if you keep them out of the water, you know. Now, one of you can have this one. The crocodile who had first spoken swam up and tasted it. Delicious, mighty delicious, he said. Now, if you don't mind, said my father, I'll just walk along your back and fasten another lollipop to the tip of your tail with a rubber band. You don't mind, do you? Oh, no, not in the least, said the crocodile. Can you get your tail out of the water just a bit, asked my father. Yes, of course, said the crocodile, and he lifted up his tail. Then my father ran along his back and fastened another lollipop with a rubber band. And who's next, said my father. And a second crocodile swam up and began sucking on that lollipop. Now, gentlemen, can you save a lot of time if you just line up across the river, said my father, and I'll be along to give you each a lollipop. So the crocodiles lined up across the river with their tails in the air, waiting for my father to fasten on the rest of the lollipops. The tail of the 17th crocodile just reached the other bank. Chapter 10 My Father Finds the Dragon When my father was crossing the back of the 15th crocodile with two more lollipops to go, the noise of the monkeys suddenly stopped, and he could hear a much bigger noise getting louder every second. Then he could hear seven furious tigers and one raging rhinoceros and two seething lions and one ranting gorilla, along with the countless screeching monkeys led by two extremely irate wild boars, all yelling, It's a trick! It's a trick! There's an invasion! And it must be after our dragon! Kill it! Kill it! The whole crowd stampeded down to the bank. As my father was fixing the 17th lollipop for the last crocodile, he heard a wild boar scream, Look! It came this way! It's over there now! See? The crocodiles made a bridge for it. And just as my father leapt onto the other side of the bank, one of the wild boars jumped onto the back of the first crocodile. My father didn't have a moment to spare. By now, the dragon realized that my father was coming to rescue him. He ran out of the bushes and jumped up and down, yelling, Here I am! I'm right here! Can you see me? Hurry! The boar is coming over on the crocodiles, too! They're all coming over! Oh, please hurry, hurry! The noise was simply terrific. My father ran up to the dragon and took out his very sharp jackknife. Steady, old boy, steady. We'll make it. Just stand still, he told the dragon as he began to saw through the big rope. By this time, both boars, all seven tigers, the two lions, the rhinoceroses, or the rhinoceros, the gorilla, along with countless screeching monkeys, were all on their way across the crocodiles and there was still a lot of rope to cut through. 
Oh, hurry, the dragon kept saying, and my father again told him to stand still. If I don't think I can make it, said my father, we'll fly over to the other side of the riverbank, and I can finish cutting the rope over there. Suddenly, the screaming gra- the screaming grew louder and madder, and my father thought the animals might have crossed the river. He looked around and saw something which surprised and delighted him, partly because he had finished his lollipop and partly because, as I told you before, crocodiles were and are very moody and not the least bit dependable and are always looking for something to eat. The first crocodile had turned away from the bank and started swimming down the river. The second crocodile hadn't finished yet, so he followed right after the first crocodile, still sucking on his lollipop. All the rest did the same thing, one right after the other, until they were all swimming away in a line. The two wild boars, the seven tigers, the rhinoceros, the two lions, the gorilla, along with the countless screeching monkeys, were all riding down the middle of the river on the train of crocodiles sucking their pink lollipops and all yelling and screaming and getting their feet wet. My father and the dragon laughed themselves weak because it was such a silly sight. As soon as they had recovered, my father finished cutting the rope and the dragon raced around in circles and tried to turn a somersault. He was the most excited baby dragon that ever lived. My father was in such a hurry to fly away. And when the dragon finally calmed down a bit, my father climbed up onto his back. All aboard, said the dragon. Where shall we go? We'll spend the night on the beach and tomorrow we'll start on the long journey home. So it's off to the shores of Tangerina shouted my father as the dragon soared above the dark jungle and the muddy river and all the animals bellowing at them and all the crocodiles licking their pink lollipops and grinning wide grins. After all, what did the crocodiles care about away across the river? And what a fine feast they were carrying on their backs. As my father and the dragon passed over the ocean rocks, they heard a tiny, excited voice scream. Bum, cack! Bum, cack! We dreed our nagging! I mean, we need our dragon! But my father and the dragon knew that nothing in the world would ever make them go back to Wild Island. The end. There you go, guys. Elmer Elevator and the Dragon successfully escaped Wild Island and are now on their way back home to the island of Tangerina. I hope you all enjoyed this book. I think it was really great and um, I'm going to put, again as I do with every episode, photos from the book uh, on our Instagram and Facebook page so you can see and I'll also put a map of the island of Tangerina and Wild Island on there also. Okay, again, I hope you enjoyed and we wish you a great day or a great night and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Sleepyhead Stories podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. So please, guys, make sure your parents are subscribing so you're notified every single time we release a new episode. We thank you so much for listening. Keep those shout outs coming 
And also remember that we need sponsors to help Sleepyhead Stories grow. So if you're thinking about becoming a sponsor, you can click the link in the show notes for more information. We appreciate you all so much. Have a great day or a great night.